Jared, the Boss okay. Man Show. We got a great guest for you. You said today, senior writer and the call Jared Bell back on the show. Jared, how are things with you, man? Oh, I'm hanging in there, boss man. Just you know, kind of you know, getting uh, warmed up into this season. We're a quarter of the way and some change into the NFL season, but it still feels pretty fresh in terms of seeing some of these teams separate and who's for real and who's not. So um, I'm I'm into that, man. <laughs> now, unfortunately, Jerry, for us, the Falcons are 1-4. Defense collapsed yeah. after losing Neil, Rico Allen, Deion Jones. Grady Jerry was out against Pittsburgh. So does this yeah. collapse on defense uh, for Atlanta is going to cost the season for the, for the Falcons? Will it cause Dimitrov or Dan Quinn their jobs, in your opinion? I don't think it's going to cost them their jobs. Let me just say that right off the bat, especially Dimitrov, when you think he just got an extension, um, and and Quinn, they've expressed so much confidence in him. But, you know, when you look at a head coach in the NFL, regardless of what the team is and what the circumstances, you expect him to be able to make a difference on the side of the football, the area of expertise that got him the job in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And for Dan Quinn, that was not <laughs> running the offense. It was being a defensive coach. And so, yeah, the injuries are, you know, enormous in, in what has happened with the Falcons. But if, you know, you made your mark as a defensive coach, you got to be able to figure this out as well as anybody. And I think that's the challenge to Dan Quinn. There's a lot of football season to go. We know the Falcons have an offense that can put up 30, 35 points a game. So if he can construct some kind of semblance of a defense, then, you know, that's that's what he's worth. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. So um, you can't throw the tile in on the season yet because there's a lot of, of football to go. But, yeah, the reality is in that division with – you know, New Orleans and with Carolina looking really good right now. Um, yeah, it, it's it's probably not going to work for the Falcons this year. Now, Jerry, do you see maybe a spendable bye week fire ourselves for the Falcons? We end up being one in six after losing to Tampa on Sunday to Johnson Monday football. And maybe like a, a Muhammad Sanu may, may get traded or somebody like that that may get traded to get some draft picks in here to help the defense for next year. I, I guess all that is on the table. Um, there's going to have to be a you know, an off-season plan, a draft plan. I haven't really um, broken it down to see what's going to happen in free agency, who the top, you know, players will be. But, you know, when you have the health issues that you have, sure, you know, you want to, you know, beef that up. But it, it also just kind of underscores the whole thing, man, about, you know, having to have depth. depth. So, you know, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles last year win a Super Bowl after losing their quarterback. We saw Bill Belichick lose Tom Brady a few years ago and end up going 11-5 and with Matt Castle. So, you know, that's kind of part of football. It's a war of attrition. You hate to lose people. And when it's multiple people on the type of defense that they've built, uh, it can be staggering. But, again, that's kind of where they are right now. They've got to try to, you know, save their season. Because at least right. you can score 30 points a game. I mean, that's, you know, so you, you should be. They could have won the Cincinnati game. You look at that one. Oh, yeah. Um, but then again, you got to have the defense to, to make the key stop in crunch time, too. And I'm fearing for Matt Ryan the next two games, he'll be going to a silent count at home again against 
Tampa and the Giants because a lot of our fans are coming out to the games. A lot of emphasis at our new stadium. But the visitors team love coming to our place and playing. So I'm looking uh-huh. for Matt Ryan going silent count on, against Tampa and the Giants coming up here next week here for, for the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan is, you know, a big money guy too. And he's got to carry this thing. That's kind of what you would hope for when you have your franchise quarterback. And, you know, Ryan has been good. He's been one of the, you know, the most productive uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. But, um, yeah, this is, this is kind of the pressure on him. It's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta lead us, big fella. I hear that. We got Jared Bill here on the Boss Band Show. Now, Jared, this is a question based on my friendship with Nick Williams of the, t- of the Titans. We just cut him. The Titans cut Nick Williams and they got, got off their practice squad, Jared. Now, this is my question for the Titans. Do you feel they made a mistake by not getting a vet receiver this offseason, knowing that you let, let go of Harry Douglas and Eric Williams and those guys? You got this just young roster where Stroud Matthews was injured. Should the Titans have signed a vet receiver this offseason to make their, their team better? You said for Tennessee or Atlanta? yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the Titans, the, the Titans, yeah, the Titans. I mean, yeah, you you know you want to build it and you want to have um, the supporting cast for you know your quarterback. I mean, that's important. You want to you know have as balanced and as deep team as you can get. But I think the thing that's interesting in this case in particular is what happened with Rashard Matthews because I mean we're talking about a guy who they invested in to to bring to Tennessee. Now it's a a new coaching staff with Mike Vrabel, but the GM was there last year with Rashard Matthews, and they ended up signing a new deal with Rashard Matthews yep. in the offseason. One-year distinction. Yeah, and so you, you thought that sent the signal that, hey, he's going to be here or we're relying on him to be there. Um, and then for it to go south as fast as it did, like I said, we're only a few weeks into the season – um, they probably should have done a better job of anticipating the, the issues they might have with him. And, you know, Matthew said, hey, I want out. They let him out. But, um, you, you know, the, the time to kind of go through all of that is in the offseason when you can bring in somebody. Uh, I haven't heard Des Bryant's name linked to Tennessee, but that would be an interesting fit. Now, speaking of Des Bryant, Jerry, you know, so brought him up. What's his future? Because I feel like Dez Bryant took that deal from, from, from the Ravens. Three years, 21 minutes, 10 minutes guaranteed. He's out of his mind. He took the deal. They gave it to Crabtree instead. And now he, Cleveland bought him in. He didn't want to sign him. Cleveland is about coming back to the Cowboys. What's going on with Dez Bryant? I mean, who's advising this guy? He should be – he should have took the, the Ravens deal, first of all. But now he's no team, week six now. Who's going to sign him now? Unless uh, somebody just really – is in dire straits because of injuries that, you know, is in position that they need a guy. That's the kind of team you might look at. Remember Jason Witten during the offseason was saying he thought the Packers would be the team that Des Bryant ended up with. And I think, and, and he won't go back to the Cowboys. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but uh, just because they, they cut bait, and even though you could look at the Cowboys and say, boy, they, they would still be, they would be at least better than, they are now if they had them um, for the price and the disruption. That's not going to happen. But you, you hit it, boss, man. The, the deal from Baltimore was tailor-made for him. And, and that franchise that, you know, they weren't looking for him to be they look, not looking for a speed receiver. They signed John Brown, who has been really good for Joe Flacco as the deep threat. 
And so, yeah, they needed Des Bryant. And I think I, mean, I would take Des Bryant over Crabtree probably. But uh, the Ravens insisted they would have been able to do both of those deals. And then they got Willie Sneed, too. So Baltimore remade that, that uh, receiver room. But the point being, Des Bryant just really oversold himself by thinking that I could turn down the Ravens and get a better deal somewhere else. And, you know, it happens to people all the time in football, out of football, in the business world, et cetera, where you value yourself more than other people value you. So there has to be a reality check at some point to say, okay, supply and demand. So his agent, Kim, Kim Mayali, um, I don't know the particulars of how she handled the deal with Dez and the Ravens and marketing Dez after that. Because remember, he hit the market late, like a month, mm-hmm. six, five weeks into free agency. So um, a lot of chairs were filled up already. And his agent should have done a better job of saying, you know, let's take this deal. Because even in the NFL, man, you know, you can sign a two-year deal and a three-year deal, and a year later they're ready to get rid of you and because of salary cap purposes. So take the deal that's on the table if you've got nothing else to compare. Get in, go to work. And so, like you said, now we're six weeks into the season, and if you were to, to, to bring in Des Bryant, you've got a lot of work to do to get him up to speed for you know where you can be maybe cleveland will will circle back because they showed interest as well and he kind of stiffed on <laughs> them a little bit too and they've had some injuries so um yeah but still wherever he goes he's not going to get a big money deal and so where are you des Bryant? you're on twitter it, it's a shame really to see what's happened to him because he's tweeting he's, skip and shannon all the time you're your guy skip and shannon he's he, he's hit every time he's watching on the speed every morning on the speed in first take it's all he watches it's and shame. Yeah, what all day shame. long he's yeah. in the field yeah, somewhere not doing what what i would do as a radio host you know <laughs> totally yeah now, final guy for you, Jared, is it's about Eric Reed signing Carolina. The Falcons should have signed him, but I'm not going to jump in that topic today. But how much you feel about the Panthers signing Eric Reed, his impact on, on their roster, and impact in general with Colin Kaepernick and that grievance? Maybe could it ice off a cap to get signed by a team, or does that ship have sailed as well for Cal? cal? But Eric could be back, but Cap, no, because he's the ringleader of, of the, the protest movement. Yeah, no, it's weird because you can look at a lot of teams, including the 49ers, <laughs> who can use Colin Kaepernick uh, right now. And, um, yeah, it's a shame. We know what it's all related to. And, it, no, it didn't It didn't prevent Eric Reed from getting back in the league. But, you know, quarterbacks are a lot different than other positions, right? <laughs> and not just because they get uh, protected by the officials, but in terms of being the face of the franchise. And so – I know in talking to some NFL people over the past few months, you know, one of the things that they will tell you, and this is no news to you, they'll say, well, you know, we're committed to this other quarterback, and if we bring Kaepernick in, it's going to be a distraction, blah, blah, blah. We want him as a backup. The spin. Yeah, but, but, you know, yeah, the spin. Because I think Kaepernick just wants a job, and then, you know, to get back in the league, to be going to work every day as a quarterback, and if he's the backup, it's kind of like what Robert Griffin has done with Baltimore. After Robert Griffin turned down Baltimore, by the way, last year, (laughs) okay, uh, one offseason later, he's like, okay, I'll go in and be the backup, right, just to have, you know, an opportunity. But, um, yeah, I don't think that that Kaepernick um, would would have dismissed the opportunity to go in as a number two 
just to get back in. But again, the, the politics behind it is really driving what's happened. Now, in terms of Eric Reed, there was a need. Um, they just thought totally football in this situation and brought him in. But I think the significant thing to to really realize when it comes to the Panthers signing Eric Reed is the fact that they've got a new owner in David Tepper, who has been, you know, a very vocal critic of Donald Trump and has, you know, since he bought the team has, you know, really expressed an appreciation for the players and an understanding of, you know, why so many players were motivated uh, to protest during the anthem. And so the conditions were ripe because if Jerry Richardson still owned the Panthers, there's no, no way, way Eric Reed would be a Panther. As it relates to the Falcons, I was told by someone within the hierarchy with the Falcons that they did not project Eric Reed to be a fit in their system. And, you know, I, I don't know about I don't know if I'm buying that one 100% because when you got guys going uh, down. I was told of myself yeah. they should sign him. Uh, like, yeah. Jared, I would yeah. say I told TD, Tom Dimitrov, Mr. Blank, mm-hmm. DQ myself. Yeah, I told him myself. So they know. I said, hey, we should sign Eric Reed. I, I, I got the, the, the look of like, are you serious? That I get look of, are you serious, JR? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, you know, the thing is, 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 you know, they talk about it being a fit for their system or not. But I think one of the things that you can do as uh, an, an NFL coach or general manager, you know, when you're putting a team together, is that you kind of make your system fit around your available talent. And the thing that Eric Reed does provide is, like Kaepernick really, is a guy who has been experienced and who has, you know, done some good things in the NFL. So it's not like he might not even be able to adapt to a, a different system. But, you know, I think that's where good coaches make their mark is when they're able to take what they have and make it work for them. And, um, yeah, at least he's got a shot now with the Carolina Panthers, and they're in the they're in the hunt to win a division title. I mean, a lot of football left, but you know, if they stay healthy, they're going to be a team that's going to be reckoned with down the stretch. Well, Jared, good to get you on the show again, Jared. I, I touched you before. I love your work. Hopefully, let's see Atlanta. It's, I'll see it's Super Bowl week for sure. I know if you're coming to town with our record right now. Yeah, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think there's much reason to get there anytime soon unless they all of a sudden rip off a. A big long winning streak, so you know. But, but we'll yeah, see. but definitely I'll see you in February at the Super Bowl week, man. Look forward to that as well. And like I said I love you working. Thank you for coming on the show today. They're me and my people here. Appreciate it very much, Jared. Cool. All right, boss man. You take care. You too. Now that's Jared Bell, people on the Boss Man Show. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're gonna do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, back in the the Boss Man Show. We're about to be joined by our friend of the show, Russell Baxter, a Bax football guru, a band who knows a lot of stats about the NFL. Join here he is, Russell Baxter. Russell, how are things up your way, man? Well, um, so far so good. Just uh, thoughts down uh, down south for everything that's about to go on and starting to go on, and hope everybody stays safe and, and doesn't take any chances. And uh, remember, um, you know, nothing more important than yourself and your family. 
you got there right thank you for those kind words a lot of our listeners out here have been texting in and asking about the weather we're doing our best keep them updated here in our studio here so a lot of things a lot of things more important than football going around here here today in Atlanta Atlanta Georgia area but I wanted to talk to you today Russell about the quarterback playing in the NFL especially Drew Brees' record and I wanted to just ask you about this because you know you're a stats guy who are some current quarterbacks in your mind have a realistic chance to break Breeze's record, whether he puts it at 8,000 yards after he retires. Who are some guys that can legitimately get his record and break it going forward? Well, it depends on how much longer people like Tom Brady and uh, Eli Manning and Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers all want to play. That's that's really the key. Um, and the thing that makes what Drew Brees uh, did and continues to do um, so impressive and also the potential to see where he's going is the fact that he just doesn't miss games. Um, you know, he was, uh, played one game as a rookie. I misstated this the other day to somebody, uh, became a starter in the league in 2002 with the chargers. Um, but since he's been with the saints, he has missed two games, one by choice when the saints sat everybody in the final week or most people in the week, 17 of the 2009 season, uh, the year they won the Super Bowl, and he's missed one game due to injury. Um, and it's so highly productive. And, you know, as you saw the other day, there's real no fall off. He has kept himself very, very healthy. Um, and who knows where this is going? If the offense is tailor made for him, um, and again, some of these other quarterbacks, how long are they really going to play? I mean, you look at Tom Brady, who's played. A little longer than Drew Brees, and you know he's sitting at sixty-seven thousand yards, um, you know, and change. So he's still got a ways to go just to get to seventy thousand the rest of this year. So we'll see what happens. But you know, you look at this era right now of all these big passing numbers. I want to say there's now been nine players in NFL history to throw for at least fifty thousand yards, and five of them are currently playing in the league. Wow. And you know about Drew Brees or else I like, unlike these young quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson and Jimmy G, he does not take unnecessary hits. He gets down. Mm-hmm. He just, he is, I know I'm not taking a hit. I'm getting down. I'm preserving for the whole ball away. I live to see, see another day, another year. Because at his age, you have to preserve your body. You can't take unnecessary hits and you won't be out for the year. He knows how to protect himself. Unlike, I wish Deshaun Watson and Jimmy G would watch tape and Carson would watch tape of Drew Brees and Tom Brady, how they avoid hits, how they avoid getting injured, taking place to play levels they have in their 40s. Absolutely. And, and you know, we see athletes now playing longer in all sports. And uh, that's why it'll be interesting to see where that, you know, I go back to the class of 2004, which is Eli, Rivers, and Big Ben, all drafted within the first 11 picks in the first round, all well over 300 career touchdown passes, all well over 50,000 passing yards. Um, but yet, you know, they're in their 15th season. Are these guys, you know, Ben's taken a lot of hits over his career. Um, Eli hasn't necessarily, but it, lately he has the last few years. Um, you know, Philip Rivers has taken his share of abuse as well. But the thing that's interesting is Philip Rivers since he took over the Chargers starting quarterback job the first week of the 2006 season, he hasn't missed a game or a start. 
Eli Manning. I mean, think about this. Eli Manning has only ever been knocked out of one game. I say that tongue-in-cheek. And the only guy who knocked him out of a game was his head coach. Wow. Ben McAdoo. Eli Eli Manning took over in 2004. For Kurt Warner, right? Seven games to play. Yeah, Kurt Warner there. And started over 200 consecutive games before Ben McAdoo benched him late last year. Um, the thing was, is Eli's still starting, um, and Ben McAdoo got benched. Yes, he did, and yeah, deservedly so. And do you, now, speaking of Eli's play, Russell, do you think that he's near the end of the line when it comes to that class of Rivers, Big Ben and him? I think he's probably the first one to retire maybe after this year because he's not, he's not looking, looking too hot right now, but the division's kind of close for them. They know every, everybody has two wins except for them. So if they beat Philadelphia, they could be two wins as well and could get something going with the Falcons coming up on Monday Night Football after day, after week, in week seven. So they could get to the three and four theoretically and be in the hunt there. Well, listen, Philadelphia is not playing all that well. You, you mentioned that every team in the division has two wins. Um, this just in, every team in the division has at least two losses. You know, so, and, you know, Washington uh, was got plastered the other night in New Orleans. So... A, a, a little-known fact about the NFC East. The champion of this division finished last the previous year five of the last six seasons. Oh, wow. So it's been a team that comes from the basement. I mean, the Eagles not only came from the basement, they went to the penthouse and won the Super Bowl last year as a last-place team the, the season before. So, um, you know, Philadelphia hasn't played anyone in their division yet. The Giants have only played one divisional game. Um, who knows how this is all going to pan out? And, you know, you mentioned the Giants, who will be very well rested for that Monday night game against Atlanta. If Atlanta doesn't get some healthy defensive players, my goodness, I mean, they're in quite a – they've given up 121 points in their last three games. Oh, yeah, it's been hard for Russell. I mean, I, watching Drew Brees carve us up – Dalton called us up in person. I'm sure he's been saying when Sunday, it was just a, oh, just the Steelers, you know, <laughs> beat Ben did his thing against us, got healthy against us. I, I tell you what, losing Neil Jones, Rico mm-hmm. Allen, Grady Jarrett, not not good, and it just shows how the lack of depth, in fact, the Falcons defense is showing up. And Dan Quinn being a defensive coach, I expect better from him, but it's not happening right now for us here in Atlanta and, well, Tampa, and, and Tampa this week too. With let's, James let's, coming back. Yeah, let's be honest here. Um, lack of depth is one thing. Losing quality starters like that is a totally different thing. Ask the Houston Texans, who lost J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless on the same night against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, listen, every team around this league suffers from a lack of depth because that's the era of the salary cap and the effect it has on a team. But Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, Deion Jones, and Grady Jarrett, you know, those are four really good defensive players. So Right up the middle, too. Right I, up the I, middle as well. Well, I would defy any team to lose four guys like that and be able to hold their head above water until some of the younger players can come in and develop and, and fill roles. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's one of those wild rash of injuries. Um, and, you know, again, you know, Neil, huge, you, and you said it perfectly, right up the middle. 
Okay, Jarrett, Jones, Allen, and Neal. That's, you know, when you're exposed like that up the middle, if teams can run the ball on you, if a team can run the ball on you, they can throw the ball even if they're not a great passing team. You got there right. Now, seeing somebody's passing the ball real, real, Russell, is Patrick Mahomes. Did you expect this guy to be this hot the first five weeks of the season with him being the new starter in Kansas City on the Andy Reid's offense? I mean, this guy has been amazing. And did you think he would be out of that class of 2017, he would be the star quarterback this early in the game here? Well, listen, it's I don't think anybody could tell you in their right mind that he was going to throw 14 touchdown passes in his first four games. Um, what was interesting about this past week was he did not throw a touchdown pass. He threw two interceptions, first time he was picked off all year. And the Chiefs still managed to score 30 points because they got five takeaways, all at the expense of Blake Bortles. Um, we have seen the Chiefs get off the good starts before, um, but the combination of Mahomes' arm and the fact that they really went all in in building up the speed on this team in terms of skill positions. Tyree Kill, I mean, when Sammy Watkins is your slow wide receiver, that's not the worst thing in the world. So the question with Kansas City is less about Mahomes, and it's more about their defense. Can they, play, right. can they play teams and take away the football? Because they certainly haven't stopped anyone so far. They, You know, this was the first game where we saw that, I mean, 3828 4237 um you know these wild you know shootouts which there've been a lot of them in this league so far so uh, i don't think anybody would expect somebody um with limited experience to just come in and do what patrick mahomes did now that being said people are now starting to get a little used to patrick mahomes because they're seeing what he does and seeing what he can't do and seeing what he doesn't like to do um you know, this week they get the Patriots, and now because the NFL flexed the game in tonight, uh, they'll ho- they play the Bengals in what was supposed to be a Sunday afternoon game. Now it's a Sunday night game. So um, New England's tied for first. Cincinnati's already in first in their division. Um, things will probably get a little tougher because, as we know, everybody eventually is defensible, even the greatest of all time, go through their bumps and bruises, and I'm sure that's coming for Patrick Mahomes, can the rest of the team um, survive that? Here's what I'll say. This is the third time in six years under Andy Reid that this team has started out at least 5-0. and um, They didn't fare well in 2013, had that awful playoff, um, you know, against the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tennessee last the, year. Right, and – Five and zero, and then five and seven last year. That awful playoff collapse against Tennessee. So, I think it's you know it's interesting. I think in some ways, the fact that people are still a little skittish on the Chiefs because of their past failures might play into Andy Reid's advantage. All right, don't count us, don't take us serious. Blah 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 blah. Listen, this is every this is on everybody's wish list. Both teams, the Rams and the Chiefs, being undefeated when they play each other on Monday night in Mexico City in Week 11. There'll be a heck of a, a spectacle down there for the yeah. fans. And, Let's and go for it see. And you know exactly what will happen. It'll be 10-7 in overtime. Or, or even a tie. <laughs> even yeah. worse, a tie. <laughs> hey, listen, 
you know, people talk about the ties and so on. Um, I think people forget a couple of years ago. And one reason I think we've seen these ties a couple this year. Let's not forget the NFL changed the overtime. Short overtime periods. 15 minutes to 10 minutes. If you don't think that makes a huge difference, then, I mean, my goodness. I mean, there's a little more urgency now. The Cleveland Browns have played three overtime. The Cleveland Browns have played five games, and yet they've played 23 quarters of football this year. And they should have won every every game, if you want to be honest about it. (laughs) Well, well, they had their opportunity. Um, But, you know, this is a new offensive uh, coordinator. They've already changed quarterbacks, which, you know, since they've been back in the league, they've only ever had one season in which a quarterback started all 16 games, the same quarterback. So, um, but this team has a little different feel about, we talk about the chiefs and the turnovers and so on. Um, This is an opportunistic Cleveland team. Last year, they had 13 takeaways all year. They have 15 in five games this year. Talent in it. Greg Williams playing attacking defense. He loves to play. He played in New Orleans and Tennessee. I mean, he's doing a great job. I mean, Cleveland has good coordinating and coaching. I don't know about the head coach, but the coordinators are on point this year. And Baker Mayfield is on fire. He lit a fire on them guys. He's inspired that team. I think they'll be they'll, they'll win even more games. Surprise even more people. I feel like Baker Mayfield is the key to their initiative right now. Well, no question about it. Uh, you know, and and I don't say this to be you know smart out or anything, but who do you think who on the Cleveland Browns roster, you know, with maybe an exception or two from a free agent, you know, look at the Cleveland Browns roster in total. Where's their playoff experience? Do you know why I bring that up? Because Baker Mayfield does have playoff experience. College football playoffs. And it's college football playoffs, and I know that's a little different, but I think that gears you up. That extra time, those big, you know, he's he's looked unshakable. Even with the, the game where he had the four turnovers, okay, he kept coming. So he's going to have his ups and downs. Every, every player, rookie, young, et cetera, et cetera, has their ups and downs. But um, right now he's brought in a – like an attitude to the team. I mean, they didn't play overly well last week and managed to, I mean, those were the kind of games that early in the year they'd settle for a tie or they lost at New Orleans. Now they're learning to win. They've won two of the last three. They're, you know, they won a divisional game for the first time in three years. When you have all these ominous streaks that the Browns have, you got to chip away at them slowly but surely. And, you know, they, you know, they're, they're the next one for them will be when they go on the road. They haven't won, they've lost 23 straight road games. So they got, they, they, you know, won two games this year. They won one the previous two years combined. They won a divisional game for the first time in three years, um, et cetera, et cetera. You got, it, when you're down as long as they have, you got to chip away at these, at these little issues and so on. And, you know, so far, so there's a confidence with this team that you haven't felt in a long time. You got that right, Russell. I tell you, you're on it, man. You're so correct about that, Russell. That's why I have you on the show because you're always bringing us the great knowledge here on the Boston Man Show. Russell, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate your kind words about the weather here. And I know I listen here. really appreciate it, man. I'll keep you keep your day on, on my end to know how things are going down here in Georgia. And I look forward to talking to you real soon, man, on here on the show. All right. Please be careful. Uh, Take care, everybody, and and uh, 
you know, seriously, don't, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this to be funny or anything like that. Don't take, please don't take any chances. I know a lot of people are very stubborn about staying in their homes and et cetera, et cetera. You know, just uh, let people take care of you. These, these, this is mother nature. Mother nature is mother nature. Enough said. Amen. Thank you again, Russell. Have a great day. Talk to you real soon, man. You got it. All right, what's the best people on the Boss Man Show? Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scots Yard. All right, let's back in the Jared the Boss Man. Shout out Sam Amico or Miko Hoops. Uh, he's been a Green Bay reporter for many years. And uh, if I get him on the show with me today, Sam, how things up your way on, man? Yeah, they're, uh, they're rainy. They're a little clear for what you got on there. You know, we're using great tactics, you know, uh, wind and all that stuff. So it's uh, nothing out of the ordinary. You know, it's crazy. It was 85 degrees and sunny yesterday. 85 and sunny. Today is this. Wind, gloomy, tornado warnings. It's like, man, the weather has changed just like a snap of the finger. There, there you go. <laughs> you know? wow. Yeah, that's what they're saying anyway. First one I have for you, Sam, is this, uh, the Timberwolves and Jimmy Jibbell and that whole mess. What is your take on that? And what are your sources telling you around, around the league about was Thibodeau holding the trade up or what went on with him not being moved? Because he obviously doesn't want Beecher to be there. ESPN's reporting he he called him a day in practice to tell him they by Friday, talking trash to everybody in the organization. So are they going to move the guy and it's cut the losses now? Well, I, I, you know, I, first of all, yeah, I was I was thinking today, what's been the most bizarre storyline in the NBA since 2014. You know, you got LeBron coming back to Cleveland. You got uh, LeBron leaving Cleveland. You got Durant joining the Warriors. Marcus Cousins joining the Warriors. Brian Colangelo's Twitter fiasco. Now this. You know, this is uh, yeah. quite a fiasco uh, in terms of uh, exactly, you know, you didn't think Jimmy Butler was going to report to the team. You thought he'd be traded. Uh, this is hanging on for dear life. Uh, for some reason, even you know, one of the things interesting about this is it sounds like they could get some decent uh, returns for Butler, and, and, and he doesn't want to be there. So I'm not really sure why they're clinging to him as if he's uh, LeBron or a young Dwayne Wade or Durant or uh, you know he's, he's a very nice player. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it, it, the guy has said he wants out, and, and, and you know it was the fact he went to practice today. Uh, was was a really odd type of thing, uh, both for him and the Timberwolves. And you just hear how it played out. Uh, it, it almost seems like they, they've got to make a move. I, it, it seems like he and Wiggins are okay, but it might be something with him and Towns. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would think in that situation, you know, Towns has still got this huge upside that, that you'd want to keep and. The last thing you want if you're the Timberwolves is dissension going into the season. You know, if you, if you move Butler, then you get to start fresh and uh, you get a chance at everybody being on the same page. But right now it seems like a lot of animosity, uh, both with Butler toward the organization and, and some of his teammates, which is, you know, that's not even necessarily all on Butler because he, he's actually a pretty good guy. So it's just uh, it's a bizarre scene and, scenario that the Timberwolves really should try to move on from and see what they can get in return. 
get up there, right? And I feel like Tom Thibodeau's a dead man walker anyway, Sam. I feel like if if you keep Butler, you might not probably he'll get fired with Scott Lady anyway. If you lose him, you really don't, don't get fired. So I feel like he's a dead man walking. I feel like Tibbs has tried his hand in the head coach and the GM is not working out. He's too stubborn. He's too headstrong. He wants to have the Chicago Bulls North Northwest now with the Timberwolves. I feel like he's, he's done. He should be a coordinator somewhere defensively, and that's where his career be the rest of his career, in my opinion. You, you hit the nail on the head in terms of people I've talked to around the league. They say the same thing, that he probably made a mistake. Uh, it's just not his personality uh, to be a guy who does both, and probably not his personality at all to be a guy who's making decisions, final decisions on the roster. Uh, because like you you just said, he's, he's bullheaded. And he, he, he has that reputation, and it's, it's not even something he denies. And that's that's been tough, I know, in negotiations with other teams. You know, um, he's really been driving a really overpriced hard bargain uh, for Butler. It sounded like they were really close over the weekend with Miami, in which he got you know, some nice pieces in terms of Josh Richardson, who's a nice player on the rise from Miami, uh, protected first-round draft pick, and, uh, you know, some other players that they would have thrown in there. And that's probably about as good as they're going to get. And then you have, you have you know, Houston, who's offering Eric Gordon and uh, some other players, uh, P.J. Tucker, and those are pretty good deals for a guy who has said, I want out or I'm leaving at the end of the year, at the end of my contract. Um, and yet Thibodeau, you know, he's completely hanging on uh, to this player. It is it is a bizarre situation. And what you said and how you described him really is how I'm hearing from, from other people around the league. He's just been too difficult uh, to deal with. And, and you're right it sounds like he's on his way out because uh, the owner, Gwen Taylor, would definitely like to move Butler and get some nice pieces back. Exactly. As he should cut losses right now, because, sir, you're getting fired whether you like it or not. Just collect your checks and move on. If that's that was, that was what I would tell if I was an agent, but Tibbs, like I can see his bullheaded and stubborn. He's going to do what he wants to do. Now, another guy, bullheaded and stubborn, and feeling again, Robert Sarver, being Robert Sarver again, Sam, uh, firing the gym now that the season starts, gonna put James Jones in that position, so they set him up for failure. But to me, he's always said he wants to have control. He wants him to kind of like Jerry Jones and the Cowboys with Jason Garrett. James Jones is a figurehead for Sarver to run the whole show. And if I'm the new coach, Igor, I'm wondering, after one year, am I getting fired next? Yeah, you know, um, that's a bizarre situation as well, simply because you fire your GM nine days before the season after he has spent the off season, you know, he hired a new coach. Uh, <clears throat> they had the number one pick and got a nice player in DeAndre Ayton. And then you traded for, uh, if you're Ryan McDonough, the, the GM traded for uh, Ryan Anderson uh, in, in a deal in which they were able to maybe get a veteran shooter. Uh, not that these were any great moves, but the timing was just fascinating. And, uh, you're right. It's a it, that is a Robert Sarver type thing. Now we saw some of the players, former players uh, in Phoenix, uh, or who had been in Phoenix. Jared Dudley now with the Nets. Uh, Mike James, who played point guard for the Suns last year, uh, both of them tweeted when, once once uh, McDonough was fired. You know, it's about time. 
So uh, there obviously was something going on with him uh, in, in terms of his leadership. Uh, may have been a little bit of a, taking a hard-line approach. You know, I know when Chris Grant, former Cavs GM, was in Cleveland, he, he would tell people, you know, I'm going to trade you. Uh, da, da. So maybe there was some of that going on, and that's that's terrible for morale. Um, and maybe, maybe uh, you know, Sarver saw that in his defense. Maybe he thought, well, we just can't have that. Uh, but a bizarre situation again where you were unable to, um, you know, <laughs> you were unable to make a move with your GM during the offseason for whatever reason, and now you wait until a week before the season starts. The good news is James Jones seems in line to place to replace that spot as a GM. Uh, very bright guy, uh, very well liked, obviously, by other players because, I mean, James just retired. So he's got relationship with not just players but modern players, you know, guys who are playing in the game today, and that can help you in terms of free agency. And, uh, you know, James was in Cleveland. He was the player rep when it came time to do the collective bargaining agreement. So he's used to this kind of stuff, you know, player negotiations, uh, contract negotiations. He's well-schooled in that. And, um, you know, it sounds like he's, he's in line to be the next GM. So uh, the timing is extremely questionable, uh, but the rest of the rest of it seems to make sense. But you're right. You never know what to expect with some of these owners. And Sarver is definitely one of those guys. That's what I got for you, Sam, is this. Uh, I, re- I listened to an interview on, on the 97, uh, 957 the game out there in California. Mark, Mark Thompson said it. The sense of Golden State is KD's gone. Like, is this the last hurrah out there in Golden State? Are you hearing those rumors and murmurs around the league that he's out of there? I don't see why he would leave. I think he want to stay there and get some more championships, get a five-year deal, play the new Chase Center in San Francisco, get Silicon Valley a little bit more, and Billy's going out there. Why he want to leave again for a situation where he won't win again? I, I'm with you. I, I don't know why Kevin Durant would want to leave the Warriors except for the fact that, you know, he keeps doing these one-year deals um, and, and giving himself an opportunity to leave. Uh, you know, sometimes, again, we saw Kyrie Irving leave a, a really good winning situation. Uh, he didn't want to be next to or play alongside LeBron James. You know, is Kevin Durant going to get tired? Uh, and, and Marcus Thompson, who kind of suggested this, Maybe he wants a new challenge. You know, I, I talked to a couple GMs, and they were just speculating. But he said, one of them said, you know, LeBron James left the Cavaliers where he had a great shot to get to the finals again for the ninth straight time for the Lakers, who, because Golden State's in the West, don't have a very good chance to get to the finals. So maybe players are going to start chasing, instead of just championships, start chasing challenges. And that's an interesting concept. Now, if that's the case, maybe Kevin Durant uh, is going to use this run to get another championship and then go to another market. You know, we heard Chris Haynes um, from now Yahoo Sports who said, you know, there's a, there's a chance that he could be lured by the Knicks because he just loves New York. His agent loves New York. And uh, the Knicks will have the, the ability to sign him. So, 
I'm with you. It'd be a really strange move to go from the Golden State Warriors uh, winning titles to the New York Knicks who can't get in the playoffs. But exactly. we just saw LeBron James <laughs> leave. Now, at least L.A. is L.A., though. You know, you kind of understand that. Yeah, and the Knicks are just putrid and pathetic at best, you know. <laughs> well, the one thing What's I will say about on? the Knicks is a lot of people like uh, the general manager, Scott Gunn, and they don't have to go into the well liked. Um, kind of a player's coach. So uh, that that might work in their favor. And it, a lot will depend on how they do this year and see how things go this year. If they have another massive meltdown, I can't imagine anybody wanting to go there in free agency. I hear that with Sam. Thank you so much for your time today. And, folks, check him out at Miko Hoops. It's .net. It's a great site. Check it out, Sam. Thank you again, buddy. Hopefully we'll talk to you real soon down on the road, my brother. All right. Thanks a lot for having me, JR. And stay safe down there. We'll, you'll be in our prayers. Thank you so much. Hello. My name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. All right, folks, back on the Boss Man Show. Time to go over to Memphis, Tennessee. Talk to our NFL NBA insider doing his thing, J.C. Smith. What is good, my good brother? They know. They know. What's going on, Boss Man? Man, no much, bro. Recovering from this hurricane. Uh, looking forward to the Falcons game tomorrow. Hopefully they don't drop the one and five. But looking forward to being in Memphis again on the 19th for the Hawks and Grizzlies for the Hawks on a trip to Memphis this year, brother. No doubt, it's going down, man. I hope everybody being safe up there, man. Yeah, we're trying, yeah. we trying, trying to re- clean up and recover down here, but I think people, we, we, we ain't get the worst of it, thank God. But, hey, you got that wind in that rain, it can get be crazy on you. But, hey, we're blessed here. It wasn't bad as it was in Florida. There it is. There it is, man. No doubt, bro. I said, you know, I want to talk just about the, about the NFC East today, bro, because uh, the, the NFC East is a, just a weird division right now. Teams are all jumbled up together, you know, no separation. All teams have flaws, and I wonder the Dallas Cowboys have the best defense in the division at the moment, but they don't have any offense, and they don't have any coaching, and playing their cross-state rival Houston Texans on overtime game, fourth and one, was the point of contention, bruh. With Jerry Jones, he wasn't second-guessing second guess, second Gary, but he did anyway. 
that fourth and one call, he's decided to punt the ball, play defense, rather than go for it with Zeke Elliott and uh, his quarterback, Dak Prescott, who, as I recall, is 18 of 19 on third and fourth and one in their years together since they've been on the field together. So, bro, you're, you're the cowboy, man. I know you, you know he's rough on you with all the cooning going on around there, but <laughs> you still kind of with him. So how are you feeling about man. it, man? <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard being a cowboy fan these days. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like you love him, but you have to love him from a distance with everything going on, man. But I think that decision by Jason Garrett, the fourth and one, not going forward when you're on – the Texans uh, side of the field there, the Texans 43 or whatever, in overtime, I think that may have sealed his fate. If the Cowboys do miss the playoffs, which I, I believe they will, that that may have sealed his fate there as far as uh, no longer being the coach of uh, the Cowboys going forward into next season and beyond. Because, I mean, you're in a, you, that, that decision alone kind of pretty much summarized what's going on with the Cowboys right now, conservative play calling, conservative offense, uh, want to be, you know, run heavy with Zeke, but, but Zeke still doesn't get enough touches. Um, the defense has to carry the day, and the defense is doing all they can. Even though they don't get a lot of turnovers, they're not giving up huge plays and, you know, uh, the whole bend but don't break mentality, man. And Dak Prescott, we have to be honest, he's regressed. You know, you talk about a guy who only threw four picks you know, his first season, you know, the number of picks he has now and the read that he's missing, how inaccurate he is, you know, with his uh, with his passing there, man. So, you know, if you're the Cowboys, you know, you got to make a decision, man. You got to make a decision. You got to make a decision by head coach going forward. Uh, you missed the playoffs this year. And and, and you can't you can't be sold on, on Dak either. You know, if, if Dak doesn't improve uh, the rest of the season, you know, your thoughts had to be, you know, hey, we may have to look at, uh, you know, may have to look at a, a quarterback in the draft next year. Um, and if I'm, if I was more making the calls, I'm definitely looking at a quarterback next year because I don't believe Dak is the answer going forward. Yeah, and it makes me it, now. Of course, I'm not a Cowboy fan anymore. I've told, I made that clear on the air and I'll be off there to people. Uh, but I do see the Cowboy fans who I still talk to who I know were Dak lovers want to push out Tony Romo, now clamoring, which they had Tony Romo. Remember, I kind of said then when Dak was hot, you may not want to push out Romo just yet. Yeah. And now it's coming to pass that, hey, he was hot, yes. He was on a roll, yes. Mm-hmm. But Tony Romo is still the better quarterback, even at his advanced age. And probably is better now still. And right. retiring in the booth. And that is now and probably will ever be at the core position for the Dallas Cowboys. Just being honest about it. Exactly, man. You know, I mean, we should still have Romo now, but with his age and his health, you knew it was just a matter, a matter of time before uh, Romo would take a, you know, a huge hit or something, you know, it's going to be career threatening. I think Romo could probably still play now, but at this point, I mean, you know, of his age and everything, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. But, Dak is just not – he's not accurate. He's not accurate, man, with his with his deep passes, man. It seems like if he's not doing play action, you know, he struggles. So, you know, exactly. Cowboys, Cowboys got some decisions to make going forward, man. And, and bro, what I've noticed is, bro, is now 
Cole Beasley said something last week about Dak missing the receivers that they're open. Alan Hearns and mm-hmm. Deontay Thompson said something this week about it. So, if the receiver is looking at the film on Mondays, well, Tuesday for the Cowboys, they don't practice on Mondays, on Tuesday saying, look, we open, bro. You're missing us. They're yeah. watching the same film, and it's coming, it's split open to the media now. I mean, what well, that smoke is fire. I mean, they exactly. all can't, now, granted, they don't get more separation, but when they do, he's missing them. Exactly, man. And even with the picks that, you know, uh, on, on uh, Sunday night, the two picks he threw where it was deflection, you know, even those passes were kind of high, you know, and inaccurate there. Even though those guys should have caught it still, they weren't, the ball wasn't really put on them in a good place to, a good position to catch it either. So I don't know if it's, if it's just Dak, you know, if it's just defensive, defensive coordinators, defense across the league, just having a book on how, how to, you know, defend Dak now. Or, you know, maybe it was just one of those kind of 15 minutes of fame with Dak where it was, just, you know, one-hit wonder, you know, one-year wonder with him, man, because he's definitely regressed from, you know, year one until now. Exactly. He definitely regressed. And what's also good for the Cowboys in the sense that, hey, each team in the division has at least two losses on the resume, which helps them in the loss column there. And Roston Redskins got smoked by the Saints. Now, probably would have been Drew Brees' night to break the record. It probably won't go win no way. So, we're we, we going to throw it out there. But look at the FCs, bro. Who do you see coming out of this, this uh, mosh pit of four teams kind of right with each other with all flaws here? Dude, it's kind of like a pick em, you know, at this point. You know, the NFC East traditionally has been you know, one of the better conferences in football. But this year, you know, you're talking about, you know, a Giants team that's one and four. You talk about the Eagles struggling right now with Carson Wentz trying to get his foot again, you know, after his injury, man. You know, and you talk about a Super Bowl defending champion, you know, and, and the way they're looking right now. And then the Redskins, who we thought, you know, maybe, you know, early on, you know, could uh, maybe do something. But now they're showing that they're still the Redskins, you know. So, uh you know, really, man, the Cowboys, you just don't know. So that's, that's I guess, you know, it's a blessing in disguise right now is the fact that, you know, uh, the Cowboys at this point, you know, you're still in it. <laughs> you know, even though you're two and three, you know, you still have a great chance of if you can just pull some wins together, stay healthy, you got a great chance to maybe win the division because who knows, you know, who, who knows going to come out of the NFC this year. Exactly. And how how you feeling about the Cowboys and Jaguars, that two defenses – well, Jacksonville defense is all world. The Cowboys showing flashes with Blake Bortles versus versus Dak Prescott. How do you handicap that matchup, my good brother? Man, that's tough. You know, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, you're already struggling offensively. You know, you're in the bottom, what bottom fourth of the uh, league when it comes to uh, offenses. There, you know, you know. So at this point, and then you got like a top ranked defense. And the Jaguars coming in, man. Like, I think the Cowboys are definitely staring a loss in the face. Yeah, and it's good. It could get ugly. You know, of course, Blake Bortles is not a world beater. You know, he's going to give you some turnovers as well. You know, but can the Cowboys score points? You know, you're struggling. You're struggling to score points all year long, and now you got one of the best defenses and one of the best cover corners, Jalen Ramsey, coming in. So, you know, it's going to be a long day for Dak Prescott, man. I see. I can see uh, two, three, six easily for him, man. 
No doubt with folks. Uh, let, I'm going to let my man tell you about what we got going on at Clicks in Memphis down there. The nice spot out there on Malco Way. Bro, what's the deal tonight here for the second week of October? What's going on at Clicks for, for the people? Uh, you know where it is, man. The live party spot in the city each and every Saturday night. Click Sports Bar and Billiards, man. We've been doing it strong for over a couple of years now, man. So come on out tonight. It's going down free before 10, $5 after 10, you know, to get in, man. Come out, have a good time, sing a little karaoke, you know, and party with your boy one time. No doubt. Come support the Three Kings out there and trust us records. They'll get you a deal signed on the spot. They got contracts in tow for you. That DJ booth gets like, you once a day. Like, like <laughs> we always say, like we always say, boss, you can't trust me, you can't trust us, baby. You got that right, bro. Great job as always, my brother. I'll talk to you next week, man. All right, boss. Let's do it, bro. Appreciate you, man. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby, 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who was that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now.